Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the Savage Nation podcast. What a terrifying week this has been. Yes, the riots were terrible last week, but the riots inside the House run by the Communist Democrat Party scared me even more. What I saw was mob violence inside the House of Representatives. I saw the biggest frauds in my life now making believe they believe in law and order, now making believe they believe in punishment for rule breakers, now making believe they believe in accountability, now making believe that they care about civility. Now they make believe they abhor intemperate rhetoric after calling 50% of America white supremacists and racists for over a couple of years now. The very same Democrat Party that was once the party of JFK that I grew up in has become a party that is unrecognizable in the country today. There is no civility in the Democrat Party. What's even more trying for me is the number of people in the Democrat Party from the San Francisco Bay Area in particular so closely tied to the Communist Party USA and the Communist Party in China, the CCP. That's really the horrible part of it all. That's really the part that scares me the most. So today we're going to talk about impeachment hysteria, Dems provoking 50% of America. Why do they want more rage? Why do they want more violence in this country? They say they believe in a peaceful transition of power. Really? In 2016, they didn't. They rioted. Now they believe in the Electoral College. Now they believe in the legitimacy of the people's vote. Now they believe in bringing in the National Guard to control public or civil unrest, at least when it comes to protecting their behinds. Now they love guns, at least when their safety is at risk. Now they honor the Founding Fathers, don't they? Are you kidding? As we watch the Democrats in the House impeach President Trump for the second time in 13 months, which was a fundamentally agitprop, there was no point to this. Why were they doing this? He'll be out of office in a short period of time. They are the same people who look the other way when organized Antifa BLM mobs, domestic terrorists, were rampaging through our cities. They looked the other way by normalizing the BLM thugs and the Antifa thugs. Yesterday, Republican Rep. Pat Fallon of Texas said, last summer, the Antifa and BLM riots swept across our country. Businesses were destroyed. Cities burned. It was not like the horrible hours we had on January 6th, but rather they went on for weeks and in some cases months. So if there's any silver lining in this dark cloud, is that our friends across the aisle have come to realize 
that riots are bad. We conservatives have known this all along, end quote. That's the sad truth, but it gets worse. If you dig into this in depth, it gets even more terrifying to believe that Pelosi would choose Eric Swalwell caught up in a China spy scandal himself to lead the House impeachment. Think about what she's saying. Why would she do this? Is she answering to people in China or is she just trying to shove it to all the rest of us who know what's going on? In the Senate, we have Feinstein who had a Chinese spy driving for her for many years. It goes on and on. The deep ties between the Pelosi wing of the Democrat Party and China are frightening. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Is there a connection between the Communist Chinese Party and the Democrat Party? As I woke up this morning, I was trying to formulate what's going on for this great audience on the Savage Nation podcast. And I said in a very simplistic or simplified way, you could say that the Democrat Party represents the internationalists. And in a broad way, the Republican Party represents, to a certain extent, the nationalists. Right now, the internationalists have won. But think about it. Internationalists, a world without borders. Sounds good, doesn't it? Not good. Not very good indeed. What is the um, national song of the Communist Party? It's called the Internationale. Did you know that? The communists have long dreamed of an international world government. That is what the Democrats stand for. They have undermined the legitimacy of this presidency right from the beginning with a fake steel dossier, the fake collusion with Russia, the lie about rigging the 2016 election. This is impeachment. It's an impeachment of America is what it is. Today, we're going to talk about all of these things, especially when you see who Pelosi has chosen to run the impeachment. Swalwell, deeply enmeshed in a China spy scandal. And what about Jerry Nadler, the night school nebbish that she used to take down a president? We'll talk more about him in a moment. You know, you know Nadler, don't you? The small guy with pants worn up to his breasts looking like a disheveled public defender who lost too many of his cases. Why would she choose that nebbish? Again, to insult America. But where do most Americans stand on this charade, this travesty? Most Americans want compromise. That's according to Mark Penn, who was director of the Stagwell Group and chairman of the Harris Poll. Most Americans want compromise. Who is Mark Penn? Mark Penn was... Uh, chief strategist on Bill Clinton's 96 presidential campaign and Hillary Clinton's 08 presidential campaign. He said, according to his polls, most Americans want compromise. We'll learn more about that today on the Savage Nation podcast. So if most Americans want compromise, why does Pelosi and these other individuals in the Democrat Party the Democrat Socialist Party, Communist Party USA are almost inseparable right now. Why would the mad woman Pelosi launch another spiteful partisan impeachment just on the verge of Trump leaving office? What are they trying to achieve? What? Oh, there are many things they're trying to achieve. In addition to their double standard on impeachment and their double standard on violence, there is something else under the surface here. If the Democrats who have spent the last four years calling Trump Hitler, Nazi, white supremacist, anti-Semite, racist, bigot, hater, dictator, dangerous, demented, insane. Maybe we could take them seriously. Maybe we could think they're the party of civility. But no, they are not the party of civility. They are the party of demons. While they have demonized not only Trump and his voters, they're now demonizing 50% of America. So he went over the edge the other week. Okay, he made a mistake. His rhetoric was, in a way, responsible for some of what happened. But he is not a white supremacist. Or as Representative Rashida Tlaib, one of the most racist members of Congress, called him racist in chief. In Michigan's 13th, we proudly speak truth to power, even in the face of a racist in chief. She should know what a racist is. That's what she is through and through. They didn't have to impeach the president. They could have censured him and he would have gone quietly into the good night. That would have been it. But why are they doing this? 
Why are they doing this? They're doing it for a number of political reasons. But again, going back in time, why wasn't Black Lives Matter probed like this? Do you remember what they were doing in this country? Do you remember when BLM Antifa rioters locked police from Seattle in a building and tried to burn them alive? Where were the Democrats then? Where was Pelosi then eating her $100 ice cream? How about when police were attacked with Molotov cocktails and bricks? How about when whole regions of a city were looted and set on fire at a cost of billions of dollars? How about when parts of Seattle and Portland were turned into so-called autonomous zones in which people were murdered? Where was Nadler and Pelosi and the other liars then? Do you know that there are now twice as many troops guarding the nation's capital than the total number of troops that we have in Afghanistan and Iraq combined? Let me repeat that. There are now at least twice as many troops guarding the nation's capital than the total number of troops in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. Think about that. What message is Pelosi sending to the world out there? And by the way, why did Nancy Pelosi, who hates the military, suddenly pose for photos outside the Capitol in front of rows and rows of armed, uniformed guardsmen? What was she trying to say to the world? That she is now the most powerful dictator in the world? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about all of these things today about impeachment hysteria and why the Dems are provoking 50% of America. And it seems to me they want more violence, not less violence. This hysteria that we are watching, this impeachment hysteria, is spreading like a madness, going to all levels of government, the media, academia, even the population itself. Now, many of you don't understand this, but this is an ugly aspect of the human condition. It is mindless and formless when you can't distinguish between legitimate enemies and incidental victims who are all of us who voted for Trump, who are by no means un-American. Now, many of you know I'm a dog lover. In particular, I'm devoted to my friend Teddy, who is usually with me in my studio, in my car, at dinner, on my boat, taking him shopping, on my walks. You get the picture. Teddy may nip at my sound engineer's sneakers from time to time, but he's generally peaceful. I'll say that another way. If all humans were as even-tempered as my dog, Teddy, the world would be a very serene, loving place. But people are not like Teddy. This applies in particular to mass hysteria, and in this case, impeachment hysteria. Animal behaviorists have identified a phenomenon called terrier frenzy. The phenomenon supposedly applies specifically to Boston Terriers, but has been seen in Jack Russells and other Terriers as well. In short, an outside stimulus causes the excitable breed to go a little nuts. In time, the terrier frenzy burns itself off. But if there are two terriers, the actions of the first will trigger a similar response in the second. The frenzy of the second will reignite the first and typically send that dog into an even greater frenzy. And so it goes until the two of them have completely lost control. God help you if there are three terriers. And in the case of Pelosi, Schumer and Nadler, we have more than three terriers. We have three vicious mad dogs. Impeachment hysteria is like that. That's what impeachment hysteria is like. It's like terrier frenzy. Michael Savage, a host like no other. All right, well, I have my coffee. I've gotten through half of it right now. Mm. Living well is the best revenge, even through troubling times. That's why I do my cooking videos at night. So let's look at some of the main websites and see the headlines they're running. Good evening, Mr. Mr. North of South America. All the ships have seen a crash. Let's go to the Drudge Report, which is all anti-Trump all the time. After putting Trump in office, he now made sure Trump was out of office. He's using every ugly picture he can find of Trump. 144 hours left, impeached again, historic disgrace, White House clearing out, flight risk, with the ugliest pictures of Trump you've ever seen. Entire National Mall to close on Inauguration Day. Soldiers flow into Capitol in scene reminiscent of Civil War. Questions swirl around possible insider help for attack. FBI tells police chiefs to be on the alert around the nation. 
FAA chief vows zero tolerance approach to disruptive passengers. Jail time. The impeachment has divided America very badly. The leaders who wooed Donald Trump face tricky reset. But Republicans and Democrats agree the country is falling apart. Thank you, Nancy. We really appreciate your stunt. All for your mad ego. Now let's jump to the Savage Nation website, michaelsavage.com. We have the podcasts up on the top right as they come up on Mondays and Thursdays. The last one broke all records. The Monday podcast for January 11th was Mob Rule. Some mobs are more equal than others. And on the left side, we have a narrative, a transcript of the introduction to the podcast for you to read. The headline story on my website is like the fall of Baghdad, National Guard sleep on marble floors while protecting U.S. Capitol. We have Miranda Devine's great article, The Left's Barefaced Hypocrisy. We have Rashida Tlaib, the most racist member of Congress, calling Trump racist and chief on the floor of the House. Can you believe this? An Olympic gold medalist charged for alleged role in Capitol riots. CNN's Jake Tapper, one of the slimiest creatures to have ever appeared on the silver screen, has finally been called out for questioning a disabled veteran GOP rep's patriotism for opposing impeachment. Yep. That's relevant. What you're saying right now is relevant because Congressman Brian Mast, mm -hmm. a Republican from Florida who lost his legs, by the way, fighting for democracy abroad. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know what is I don't know about his commitment to it here in the United States. Shame on you, Tapper. You're the lowest form of humanity. Also on michaelsavage.com, don't miss this story. Former Senator Barbara Boxer, Barbara Boxer, the big mouth from Brooklyn, who lived in Marin County and poisoned the atmosphere here for 20 years in the Senate, had to admit she is now working for a Chinese surveillance firm. Why are so many Democrats, Swalwell, Boxer, Feinstein, so deeply connected to the Communist Party? Anyone have an answer for that? Let's jump to Newsmax.com. Poll, Republican voters side with Trump over McConnell. Senator Graham urges Biden to call off impeachment. Good luck. Francis Lemaire says U.S. turmoil and alarm for Western democracies. No kidding. Airbnb to cancel D.C. bookings as police warn of militia threat. House lawmakers face fines for bypassing metal detectors. <laughs> oh, it's like not wearing a mask but telling us to wear them. Don Trump Jr. joining Exodus out of New York for Florida. Let's go to the New York Post on the Savage Nation podcast. Siegfried, half of famed magic act Siegfried and Roy, dead at 81. Miranda Devine article, again, the left's barefaced hypocrisy, great article. DC writers reportedly use walkie-talkie app to coordinate capital siege. The Sopranos movie gets a new opening date. Now, that should be fun. Parler CEO says social media app may not return. I warned you about Parler, but you didn't listen to me. Many of you didn't listen to me. Now let's go to Breitbart, another great site. UK bank threatens to cancel accounts if customers refuse to wear masks. COVID, 1984. Social credit system advances in West. Vaccine passports begin this month. Jobless claims to 965,000, much worse than expected. Don Lemon, one of the stupidest, most evil people in the media, says if you voted for Trump, you're on Klan and the Nazi side. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. Drop dead, Don Lemon. Drop dead. You're calling me a Nazi? You bastard? Oh... Let's jump over to the foreign site that I go to every day, the Jerusalem Post. See if there's anything to do with our country. Not much other than about wary of Biden attack on Iran. Israel revisits military options report. They should be very, very wary of Biden on Iran. The Democrat Party will make nice with Iran and again shove Israel to the curb. No question about that. No question about that. Finally, I want to go over to one more site that I go to on a daily basis because it's the most, let us say, well, I grew up on it. It's anti-Trump, anti-American, anti-Republican, anti-white. Uh, it's about anti-everything, every, everything I believe in. It's called the New York Daily News. See it. NYPD cop stabbed in the neck by NYC woman in her home. You see the crime going on in New York? Can't notice that. Can't notice what's going on in New York City under this communist running it. 
Two off-duty Virginia cops, after posing for photos during riot, busted for roles in U.S. Capitol insurrection. Retired PA firefighter also arrested. Very sad that so many police and firemen, patriots to their core, uh, are being arrested and tried simply for showing up in Washington, D.C. I hope they get a good lawyer. Let me repeat again. If they broke the law by going over the line, by breaking into the Capitol, that's one thing. If they were simply voicing their protest loudly outside the Capitol, that is protected speech. Are you listening? Listen very carefully. There's so much more. But the fact of the matter is America seems to be dying on the vine. Do you think it's helping this stunt that Nancy Pelosi is pulling? She's doing it simply for the world to see her prancing around in front of the National Guard so she could be the most powerful woman on earth. It would all be a joke if it was just a joke. But America is not a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Savage Nation podcast, breaking new records every day. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. These are very difficult times in America. We have sore winners, Pelosi and Schumer, who have won it all. They won the whole game, and yet they provoked half the nation with their viciousness of impeachment. I've asked President Biden, the incoming President Biden, to please step in and heal the nation. We cannot risk another civil war. Schumer, Pelosi, must be stopped before the nation burns. That's my opinion. Now, to add insult to injury, not only did Pelosi pull the stunt of another impeachment just before Trump is about to leave office, but who did she use to lead it? A Chinese spy and the night school nebbish, Jerry Nadler. Who is Jerry Nadler to play tough guy in trying to take out a president that you and I elected? He's leaving office anyway. Nadler is nothing but a night school nebbish trying to act like a tough guy and finish off America on false pretenses. Jerry Nadler looks like he just came out from behind a deli counter in Brooklyn where he was caught with his finger on the scale by an inspector. But do you actually know who Jerry Nadler is? Listen, this is who Pelosi chose to insult America. Nadler got his BA in government from Columbia. Okay. Then he worked as a legal assistant. And in 1972, he got into politics as a legislative assistant for the New York State Assembly. But that wasn't good enough for the nebbish. So he became a shift manager at New York's off-track betting. You know who runs that, don't you? And where did Nadler then get his law degree? At night school, at Fordham University School of Law. Then Fatso jumped into politics in 1977, where he kept running for different positions and kept getting beaten by possibly the worst mayor in New York history, David Duncan Donut Dinkins. How did Nadler then get into Congress? Well, pay attention. The man running the impeachment hearings today got in because Ted Weiss, a congressman who was running for re-election, died one day before the Dem primary in New York, and the machine inserted this night school lawyer, Nadler, into his place. In other words, he was put in there by default. Nadler was a staunch defender of Bill Clinton during his impeachment in 1998, using many of the arguments to defend Clinton that he's now going completely against. During the Bush administration, he made attempts to impeach George W. Bush, giving up saying in 2007 that doing so would be pointless and would distract from the presidential election. And what is he doing now? Here is a man with no accomplishments to speak of, besides losing 100 pounds through surgery. A small man in stature and accomplishments, a man you may recognize with pants worn up to his breasts, looking like a disheveled public defender who has lost too many of his cases at night. And now he wants to take down America in this feud against Donald Trump. Let me read this to you about why he hates Donald Trump. And this is from the New York Post. It's a quote. In December of 1984, real estate mogul Donald Trump outlined a grand vision for what he dubbed the greatest piece of land in urban America, a 76-acre parcel encompassing a dilapidated rail freight yard along the Hudson River on Manhattan's Upper West Side. Trump, then age 38, was determined to build 7,600 high-rise apartments, the largest shopping mall on the East Coast, and sprawling television studios for NBC, which was considering a move to New Jersey. The crowning jewel of Trump's television city would have been a lavish 152-story condo, the tallest building in the world at the time, where Trump planned to live in the penthouse. 
But while Trump was poised to begin construction on the biggest residential development in New York City, providing thousands of jobs, he faced rabid opposition from community groups led by an earnest, bespectacled 37-year-old so-called lawmaker. In fact, Brooklyn-born Jerry Nadler would prove Trump's fiercest enemy for the next decade while he represented the Upper West Side as a state assemblyman and later as its congressman. Several elected officials initially fought against Trump's plans, but later agreed to work with the developer on a scaled-back version. Nadler never relented. Now listen carefully to this. A crucial part of Trump's plan involved relocating a stretch of the West Side Highway, which would otherwise obstruct views of the Hudson River. The move, estimated to cost more than $300 million, would have required federal funding. From his new perch in Washington, the night school nebbish Nadler did all he could to block the subsidy. Nadler also lobbied then-President Bill Clinton's Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Andrew Cuomo. Are you listening to this? to reject Trump's request for federal mortgage insurance, arguing that the project would contain no low-income units. So the night school nebbish Jerry Nadler, who rose to power through luck and chance, now runs an impeachment effort of someone he personally hates and has a grudge against. Someone who has created more jobs, wealth, resources, and goods, not only for New York City, but many places in the world, than Jerry Nadler, the otherwise dirty deli clerk. Nadler has not done anything of note to make the country better or to benefit any American in the nation. And yet today and yesterday, he sat in judgment of our votes. He didn't like who you voted for, and he's trying to undo it with another fake impeachment. And he's getting away with it. And that's because the media encourages him. We have a duty to observe, Madam Speaker, that racism played a direct role in this incitement. The president's violent rhetoric is always at its most fevered pitch when he is talking about the civil rights and civic aspirations of black Americans and other minority communities. On January 6th, at a rally that was large, angry, and widely reported to be armed, the president's lies and violent rhetoric reached their crescendo. At that rally, the president took the stage. After reiterating the falsehood that we won this election, and we won it by a landslide. He told the crowd that if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Yesterday, Pelosi and her sad minions tried to strong arm Mitch McConnell into using the 25th Amendment to take Trump out on an insanity plate. You got to understand what this would have done to the country and what a bad precedent it would have set. Here is Donald Trump on the 25th Amendment in clip one. Free speech is under assault like never before. The 25th Amendment is of zero risk to me, but will come back to haunt Joe Biden and the Biden administration. As the expression goes, be careful what you wish for. The impeachment hoax is a continuation of the greatest and most vicious witch hunt in the history of our country and is causing tremendous anger and division and pain far greater than most people will ever understand, which is very dangerous for the USA, especially at this very tender time. There are many other things that we have to talk about today. Who is running the impeachment hearings other than Nadler? None other than this Congressman Swalwell, who was enmeshed in a Chinese spy scandal just a few weeks ago. Why would Pelosi pick someone as damaged as Swalwell to run the impeachment hearings and someone as disheveled as Nadler to lead the hearings other than to insult 50% of America and say drop dead to all of you? I'll use the lowest that I have in the entire Democrat cast to make you squirm. This is very bad for the country. Very, very bad indeed. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. You have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who saying no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. You're in the arena. You got to be ready to take a punch. You got to be ready to throw a punch. 
for the children. And I don't think, uh, even in states where Donald Trump won big, that it does you any good running away from Donald Trump. I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. And that's my call to action here. Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the Hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No, no. When they go low, we kick them. Over 700 incidences of protests this weekend. Uh, seeing that, they will be more forceful, more confrontational, and more prepared uh, to push back on this administration. I think that uh, the people are showing them this is what they would have us do. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not So this is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. We ain't playing with you. Enough of the shenanigans. Enough is enough. And for those of you who are soldiers, you know how to do it. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. Never forget what I'm about to tell you. Americans want compromise. Not only does the media want division to make you watch television and buy newspapers and hit websites, but Pelosi is doing it simply to be the vicious woman that she is. How do I know most Americans don't want these impeachment hearings? Let me give you some data. According to Mark Penn, managing director of the Stagwell Group and chairman of the Harris Poll, despite the fights we see so often on cable news, the silent majority of Americans want compromise. Penn said, and remember who Penn is, he served as chief strategist on Bill Clinton's 1996 presidential campaign and Hillary Clinton's 08 presidential campaign. He said overwhelming majorities want to see more compromise and less grandstanding. This sentiment is expanded upon in a recent Wall Street Journal op-ed in which Mark Penn writes that the nation is more moderate to center-right than traditional media makes it out to be. Here is what he says. Pay close attention. Even you liberals should pay close attention to what your leadership is doing to you on the Democrat side. Penn found, according to CNN exit polls, only 24% of voters identify as liberal, while 38% say they're conservative. That's according to CNN exit polls. That's according to Mark Penn. Another 38% are moderate. Despite the widespread publicity given the left since 2014, a good year for Republicans, the percentage of self-identified liberals declined two points, while the share of conservatives increased three points. A visitor from outer space watching our media would think we're 75% liberal, all, all like D.C. or Hollywood, Penn said. They would be shocked to learn 76% of Americans are moderate or conservative. This is very important for you to know today because the vast majority of Americans love the nation and does not believe everything that the vermin on CNN and MSNBC and everywhere else now, by the way, are telling you about America. But that low 24% controls every means of communication, newsrooms, academia at all levels, movies, television, social media, leaves a political power. They control the message and they're indoctrinating an entire population to ignore what they actually see and only believe that two plus two equals seven. I'm Michael Savage. Remember what I just said to you. Americans want compromise. Pelosi and the Democrats with the media want this country divided. This is so bad for the country. To give you just one example of the extremist wing of the Democrat Party, let's go to one of the spokesmouths 
on MSNBC, someone named Eugene Robinson, who's asking how do we deprogram Trump supporters, deprogram them. That's right out of communist China. Re-education camps. Listen to him in clip two. The difference between the White Citizens Councils and the Klan. You know, back in the mm-hmm. days of, of Jim Crow and the, the, the you know, Klan was lower income, the White Citizens Councils were um, were the, the Josh Hawley's and Ted Cruz's of their day. Um, but so, so here's the situation, though. We have, um, there are millions of Americans, um, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed there it, it, it's as if they 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 are members of a cult the trumpist cult uh and and who have to be deprogrammed but it gets even worse now let's listen to representative omar do i have to tell you who she is do you remember mentally ill han omar on impeaching trump she said it's just like the need to hold a murderer accountable this is a woman who comes from the murderous country of somalia Listen to her in clip four. I know that some have um, likened uh, the the reaction that we are getting, obviously, from the president um, and some of, you know, Democrats and, and, and some of uh, Republicans in, in Congress um, to someone saying, you know, if we if if we were to hold a murderer uh, or someone who's committed violence uh, accountable, there will be more. And to me, it is. Um, really the act having consequences for actions that act as a deterrent. And then it gets even more South Africa-like. I don't know if we're going to go as far as Winnie Mandela's putting rubber tires on conservatives and setting them afire and rolling us down the streets, as was done in South Africa. But listen to what occasional cortex has to say about a commission to help rein in the media environment in clip six. There's absolutely a commission that's being discussed, but it it seems to be more investigatory um, in style rather than truth and reconciliation. Um, And so I think that's an interesting concept for us to explore. Um, And, you know, I do think that uh, several members of Congress in some of my discussions have brought up uh, media literacy because that is a part of what happened here. and we're going to have to figure out how we reign in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. It's one thing to have differing opinions, but um, it's another thing entirely to just say things that are false. Um, and so that's something that we're looking into. And then listen to this in clip five. Occasional Cortex says the nation will heal with the actual liberation of southern states from GOP control. That southern states are not red states. They are suppressed states, which means the only way that our country is going to heal is through the actual liberation of southern states, the actual liberation of the poor, the actual liberation of working people from economic, social, and racial oppression. That's the only way. Is she speaking about bringing in the UN and UN troops into America? Anything is possible with this brand of craziness. Now, if you think that's ugly and bad enough, you are right. If you think that was bad, you're right. But it gets even worse. Here is Representative Cory Bush, who says we have a mandate to root out white supremacy starting with impeaching the white supremacist in chief. Madam Speaker, St. Louis and I rise in support of the article of impeachment against Donald J. Trump. If we fail to remove a white supremacist president who incited a white supremacist insurrection, it's communities like Missouri's first district that suffer the most. The 117th Congress must understand that we have a mandate to legislate in defense of black lives. The first step in that process is to root out white supremacy, starting with impeaching the white supremacist supremacist in chief do you have any idea how repugnant that is to the number of americans who voted for the president who are not at all white supremacists how about all the jews all the orthodox jews are they all all of a sudden white supremacists all the orthodox jews now to this psychopath how about all the african-americans and hispanics who voted for trump are they now all of a sudden white supremacists of course not these people are sick and evil In the next clip, another deranged representative, Adriano Espaella, says Trump 
dispatched his mob to assassinate VP Pence and Speaker Pelosi. Madam Speaker, today I cast my vote for the second time to impeach Donald J. Trump. He is unfit to haul office. He summons and dispatches mob to kidnap and hurt many of us. He is unfit to haul office. He summons and dispatches mob to assassinate Vice President Pence to assassinate Speaker Pelosi. He is unfit to haul office. He summons and dispatches a mob that waved the racist confederate flag and assaulted this capital resulted in the death of five americans including two capital police officers he is unfit the gentleman's to time has expired we must the gentleman's time now. has expired you talk about insanity now before i take a break from this particular segment on the savage nation we must not overlook some of the big stories that came out that are connected to this impeachment hysteria that we are living through let's go back a few days to the ban by Twitter of President Trump. Even Germany's liberal chancellor, Angela Merkel, said Trump's Twitter ban is problematic. She said it's problematic because the president's ability to express his opinion is a fundamental right of elementary significance. This fundamental right, said Merkel, can be intervened in, but according to the law and within the framework defined by legislators, not according to a decision by the management of social media platforms. That's according to Chancellor Angela Merkel's spokesman, Stefan Siebert, in Berlin. Let me go on. This is very important because Merkel is a liberal, and she went on. Seen from this angle, the chancellor considers it problematic that the accounts of the U.S. president have now been permanently blocked. He added Twitter permanently banned Trump's Twitter account last Friday, citing, quote, the risk of further incitement of violence, unquote. Can you believe this? Siebert said Twitter and other platforms like Facebook and Google have a right to flag content they consider objectionable, but they also bear great responsibility for political communication, not being poisoned by hatred, by lies, and by incitement to violence. In other words, even liberal Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany called Trump's Twitter ban problematic never forget what you just learned on the savage nation these people have hijacked our freedom of speech now there's another side note to all of this the biggest loudmouth of all the democrats was a loudmouth named senator barbara boxer it just surfaced the other day that boxer was working and is working for a chinese surveillance firm don't let that go by the wayside because in the bay area where i live Congressman Eric Swalwell was also deep enmeshed in a Chinese spy scandal, and he's running the impeachment game with Nadler. It makes you wonder, is the Chinese Communist Party somehow involved in this decapitation of 50% of the American people with this impeachment hysteria? I'm Michael Savage. I'll be right back. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. So again, how did we get where we are today? How did we reach this point of what appeared to be mob rule, which it was, somewhat egged on by the president? Let's be clear about it. He has some responsibility. He should have come out on the portico and told him to calm down. He didn't. It didn't happen in a vacuum is the point of today's podcast. Mob rule did not just occur in a vacuum. It's been going on in the country for a long time. Black Lives Matter, mob rule. Antifa, mob rule. Before that, Occupy movements, mob rule. Have you forgotten all of that? You forgot all of that. I didn't. And the continuous drumbeat of anti-Trump, anti-Trump voter rants from the media. The anti-police hysteria that went on from the media and college professors. That's the kind of hysteria that triggered what happened. The hypocrisy of those individuals and what they were doing against the police and against Trump voters was a new low in the annals of mass hysteria. There was an old line, whatever he's for, I'm against. A kind of feral madness consumed half the populace at the mere mention of the name Donald Trump. Ads for roommates were specifying that Trump supporters need not apply. A discriminatory practice, the irony of which is lost on these liberals. 
There's a large degree of post-election psychosis attached to what happened for the last four years. You see, everyone expected Hillary Clinton to become president. And that machine, that machine that will now continue the destructive policies of Barack Obama through the puppets of Biden and Harris are the same people who were shocked that after eight years of Obama, who aggressively supported the rights of gays, transgenders, smokers like himself and Muslims, suddenly another European descended white heterosexual male appeared in the Oval Office. The convergence of this lunacy and anti-white male hate created a perfect storm of mass hysteria that does not permit the application of rational thought. The progressives refused to hear that they were citing the same electoral process they had demanded the right uphold when they expected Hillary to dominate it as the basis for their futile effort to delegitimize the election of Donald Trump. If they couldn't draw the simple A to B conclusion, you can see the problem with more complex reasoning. The left is stuck in the A-B disconnect. With every passing day, the rhetoric became less rooted in rational thought, and the ugly rhetoric that was building for four straight years had a way of becoming the mob rule that we saw. But we need to be on guard against this, because the fringe on the far right had also engaged in a mass hysteria that led to mob rule. The verbal, text, and social media hate, lovingly promulgated by the left-dominated mainstream media, is not only vile, it's lawless. Protected speech does not include death threats against the president and his family, along with other members of government. It does not include what we're going to play for you today. People like Maxine Waters saying, if you find them in a supermarket, if you see them in a department store, go up and confront them, get in their face. That went on. Remember that? That was an obscenity that led to the mob rule that we saw last week. The left-wing, agenda-driven, so-called news media was complicit in this mob rule as well. The once distinguished news program 60 Minutes contributed to this madness by giving a national forum to haters of voters of Donald Trump. So where do we go from here? How do we stop what's happening? How do we stop this mob rule from spreading like a cancer? Do we do it by shutting them down, shutting me down, shutting the president down from Twitter? Is that going to stop it? No, my friends, that will never stop anything. Just never forget that mass hysteria is anarchy's secret weapon. Mass hysteria is anarchy's secret weapon. The French coined a phrase which says, plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. It means the more things change, the more they stay the same. Because what happened during the French Revolution, my friends, could happen here. Because what happened during the French Revolution, my friends, could have been applied to the masked Antifa marauders who terrorized decent American communities for months. There haven't always been anarchists and agitators. But you have to go back to the dawn of human activity to avoid them. When primitive people lived in caves, they couldn't afford to whine about privilege or social classes. Everyone in the tribe pulled together and with sharply defined responsibilities. The stronger young men were hunter-gatherers. The women nursed and cared for children. Identity, politics, and gender reassignment. I have been around the world and I haven't seen those topics in any cave paintings I've looked at. I have seen renderings of what appear to be gods in Paleolithic caves of Lascaux, France, at Uchalamamba, Drakensburg, South Africa, and at Tassilina, Agir, Algeria. I doubt anyone objected to the presence of an almighty in their primitive communities. But God has been killed in America. And so what you saw again in Washington, D.C. was really not occurring in a vacuum. But again, going back in history, up to the dawn of the Bronze Age, circa 3000 BC, there was no need for anyone to rev revolt, no, no call for anarchy. In fact, there wasn't even a word for the concept until the ancient Greeks coined anarchia and anarchos to describe the absence of rulers. Did you know anarchy means the absence of rulers? Now you understand why Antifa first took down 
the authority figures of the police and then spit on their mayors and governors. That's what anarchy means. Anarchia and anarchos, describing the absence of rulers. Historians agree that the concept was first used in a political sense in the play Seven Against Thebes, 467 BC by Aeschylus. In that drama, the character Antigone refuses to obey a political order not to bury her apparently traitorous brother Polynices. I will bury him alone, she said, nor am I ashamed to act in defiant opposition to the rulers of the city. Antigone acted with dignity and nobility. As the children of Oedipus, she and Polynices had learned to stand up for what was immoral. However, acting in the name of honor and ethics is rarely the case with anarchists. The terrorist Guy Fawkes, whose likeness adorned the mask of modern-day anarchists, those face masks they wore, sometimes the black mask, sometimes the Guy Fawkes face, he was a Catholic who helped mount the gunpowder plot in England in 1605. The plan was to blow up Parliament and assassinate the Protestant King James I, a scholar for whom the King James Bible was named. But when the Catholic Lord Mounteagle was advised to stay home that day, he became suspicious and alerted the monarch. King James had the cellars under the Parliament searched. The gunpowder was found and the conspirators tracked down. Fawkes confessed under torture and was executed. Anarchists don't want discourse. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, refused discourse. They don't want to level the playing field, but rather they sought to destroy it while hiding behind masks or in the shadows, of course, so they will survive. This is not to say that factions in any society do not have legitimate grievances. Quite often they do. Throughout the history of civilization, there has been resentment and often struggle between the aristocracy, those who have had wealth and power handed to them without earning it, and those who by birth are denied even the opportunity to better themselves. But socialists eventually warped and perverted this idea into meaning that everyone should have the benefits of society handed to them. Everyone. Thus was born the concept of class conflict, popularized by Karl Marx in the 19th century. You see where we are today? What we saw was a reaction to Marxism. Marxism. People knew it. In the core of their being, they knew that the anarchists in Antifa, the Black Lives Matter group, which was founded by self-avowed Marxists, they knew this. They understood this. There is an inherent wisdom in people. So where will this lead? How can we have a logical debate on our nation's state, our nation's policies, when we are now dragged into an emotional hysteria that has undermined our nation's mind? Where does this go? How do we get ourselves out of this? I'm afraid that the tsunamis of special interests are already stoking the divide their predecessors created with opportunistic stands. So let me conclude this opening to today's podcast by talking about crowd psychology or mass hysteria or mass hypnosis. It's insidious and stealthy. It falls into two categories. The first is positive hallucinations or hysteria when you believe something is real, absent any evidence, just because someone says so where it fits your preconceived notions. See? So now America, because of the media, believes that everyone in that crowd was a Nazi, a redneck, a Ku Klux Klan, a white nationalist, a gun-toting, toothless thug. That was created by Anderson Cooper, Jake Tapper, CNN, MSNBC, and all of the media uh, moguls out there. That's a positive hallucination. The second category of mass hypnosis is negative hallucinations or hysteria. When you deny the existence of something real, despite overwhelming evidence that it exists, the media and government exploit both by selling the absurd notion that Russia cost Hillary Clinton the election. Get it? Or denying that France and England are crumbling under the weight of Muslim immigration. One is demonstrably untrue the other demonstrably true. 
Yet those in denial refuse to accept reality in either case. You know, there was a thing that happened here in America on October 30th, 1938, in the media. You got to hear about this. October 30th, 1938, when the radio anthology series The Mercury Theater on the Air broadcast the dramatization of H.G. Wells' science fiction tale, The War of the Worlds. The format of the one-hour broadcast was seductive fake news bulletins inserted in a program of easy listening music. The reports told about explosions seen on Mars, a spaceship landing in Grover's Mill, New Jersey, and extraterrestrials emerging with a death rate. We are bringing you an eyewitness account of what's happening on the Wilmoth Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. We now return you to Carl Phillips at Grover's Mill. Ladies and gentlemen, my aunt. Ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of a stone wall that adjoins Mr. Wilmoth's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. More state police have arrived. They're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit. About 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now. They're willing to keep their distance. The captain's conferring with someone. Can't quite see who. Oh, yes, I believe it's Professor Pearson. Yes, it is. Now, now they've parted, and the professor moves around one side, studying the object while the captain and two policemen advance with something in their hands. I can see it now. It's a white handkerchief tied to a pole. Flag of truce. If those creatures know what that means, what anything means. Wait a minute. Something's happening. A humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? Jet of flame springing from the mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Oh, Lord, they're turning into flames. Ah! Oh, the whole field's caught up by the woods, the fires, the, the gas tanks, tanks for the automobiles spreading everywhere. It's coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. Evidently, there's some difficulty with our field transmission. However, we will return to that point at the earliest opportunity. We continue now with our piano interlude. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed a message that came in from Grover's Mill by telephone. Just one moment, please. At least 40 people, including six state troopers, lie dead in a field east of the village of Grover's Mill. Their bodies burned and distorted beyond all possible recognition. The next voice you hear will be that of Brigadier General Montgomery Smith, commander of the state militia at Trenton, New Jersey. I have been requested by the governor of New Jersey to place the counties of Mercer and Middlesex as, as far west as Princeton and uh, east to Jamesburg under martial law. The account went on to tell of similar landings across the country. Panic ensued because many listeners believed these stories that were early examples of fake news. They believed them. But it came from a reliable medium in a familiar format spoken by familiar trusted voices. Now think about that for a moment. Listeners were driven to panic by a report about Martians. That was the stuff of science fiction magazines of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers comic strips of the new Superman comic book series. Now people in the New York to Philadelphia corridor were relatively sophisticated in 1938. They weren't stupid. They read newspapers, subscribed to magazines, listened to the radio. How did this panic happen about Martians landing in New Jersey? Well, the reality, of course, is that Martians weren't the cause. How could they be? There weren't any. Instead, the panic was caused by otherwise rational people allowing their emotions to overcome their reasons. A century and a half earlier, founding father John Adams noted, Facts are stubborn things, and whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. What I'm trying to tell you is that the war of the world example, leading to mass hysteria that the Martians were landing, it gives us insight into how a fearful, easily manipulated audience often reacts to demagoguery or self-serving media, even when that media is innocuous. When the War of the Worlds broadcast aired, it was heard by an audience that had been primed for hysteria by the German annexations of Austria and parts of Czechoslovakia. 
against this reality, there was just enough suspicion among this entertainment program's audience that they were prepared to think it was real. Sadly, with a little skepticism and a twist of the radio dial, they could have discovered there was no reason to panic. But they didn't. A necessary component of mass hysteria is the mob's desire to believe. The impact of the War of the Worlds hysteria was ultimately limited. Unlike earlier mass hysterias in our country, such as the Salem witch trials of the late 1600s, which I will talk about at another time. But how did this mob rule happen? How does mass hysteria begin? Well, you have to look at Google, Twitter, Facebook. You have to look at the algorithms. You have to look at the progressive sites that advance the progressive agenda. You have to look at this thought manipulation. That's how you begin to move centrists to the left and leftists to pure madness. Let me end this monologue by repeating that. What happened in Washington did not happen in a vacuum. The thought manipulation that led to this uprising was begun when centrists moved people to the left and moved leftists to pure madness. When the seeds have been planted and the mind control begun, the ground is fertile to cultivate mass hysteria. That is what happened. That is how people's passions got out of control. They told us to hate Trump, hate Russia. They never encouraged us to fear Hillary or Pelosi or Elizabeth Warren or immigrant gangs or drug gangs because apparently they all serve the left's agenda. The blitz from Wolf Blitzer and the rest causes a brutalized, frightened, susceptible public to buy papers, watch TV, and visit websites to see the latest developments in what they've been told they should be worried about. Now we're supposed to be worried about Trump's sanity, one of the greatest lies of all time. The liberal media is now panicking us into believing Trump's libelous set off a nuclear war. I want to warn you again, that Hitler used unwarranted fear to rally Germans and Germany against the Jews. In a September 1942 speech to the Reichstag, the German parliament, he generated fear when he said, repeating a promise he had made in a pre-war speech, quote, quote, if world Jewry launches another war in order to destroy the Aryan nations of Europe, it will not be the Aryan nations that will be destroyed, but the Jews. Now, what does it have to do with what we saw in Washington? Look at the war that is now being launched against Donald Trump and his supporters. Donald Trump and his supporters are now the new Jews. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This has been going on for years, where the only target that was permitted to be attacked with impunity, with hatred, was the heterosexual white Christian male. And then, of course, you can add the Trump voter. We should be very, very worried right now. Very worried indeed. Because hatred is in the air. And this hatred is being fomented by the media. The media has graduated to treason. And unfortunately, what we saw in Washington, which should have been the end of it, may have only been a prelude. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Well, ladies and gentlemen of the Savage Nation, today we talked about the impeachment hysteria, which has been compared to neurotic dogs going mad. One starts barking, and then the other starts barking, and then the other starts barking and barking and barking. It is pure hysteria. Almost none of what they're saying is true. We've done the news of the day. We talked about the night school nevish Jerry Nadler being chosen to lead this charade. We've talked about Nancy Pelosi acting out like some commander in chief in front of the military, in front of the Capitol, acting out her wildest fantasies while Americans want compromise according to liberal polls. Ladies and gentlemen, these are very, very difficult times for all of us. I'm so glad that we have the Savage Nation podcast to work with you and work with America to try and save this country from the madness that we are descending into. Thank you very much for listening. 